Hey homies, this is Sarah. And I'm Ashley. And this is Hometown Homicide. Today I'm telling Ashley about Leah Rollins. She was born on Sunday, September 25th, 1990. September 25th, 1955. Were you going to say 1995? I was started to say 1995. I'm like, nope, <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> In Exeter, Pennsylvania is how it looks to me. I heard it pronounced Exeter, but I, so... In Pennsylvania. To parents Roy and Mary Rollins. She was one of eight children. She had four sisters and three brothers. During her childhood, the family relocated to Arkansas, where she lived the majority of her life. It was said she did have a little accent from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. She got friendly teased by coworkers later about that when she relocated to Nebraska. Hey, what? <laughs> I have family in Nebraska, and they have a southern accent. It depends on where you're at. Once you get past southern or mid-Missouri, then it gets a little more drawn out and stuff. It's very drawn out. Yeah. She was described as a bright and friendly kid, though on the shy side, and got along with her siblings. She grew into a more outgoing adult who was never too serious to share a laugh. She married a man named... Barry Rocap Sr., and they had two sons, Brannon and Brian. I'm not sure where the Rocap Sr. part came in because they didn't have a son named Barry, so I don't know if he had a different Dad? kid with someone else later. That I don't know. I just thought that was strange to me. But Brannon and Brian. Okay. They also owned a restaurant together in St. Thomas of the U.S. Virgin Islands. Okay. Kind of a... I don't know how that they have that, but they live in Arkansas. I thought that was from little. Pennsylvania. Well, she was from there, and then once she moved to Arkansas, that's where she married married oh, Barry. True. Apparently, Barry was abusive, both verbally and physically. She did describe this abuse in a 16-page letter to her sons, explaining her reasoning for leaving their father because she did leave Barry. The letter was written only about a year before her death. Um, She did take the boys when she left Barry, but he must have had some visitation or whatnot. Um, And it was also said that she took, quote, a considerable amount of money that she felt was her fair share of the restaurant when she left. So there might have been some bad blood between them. Didn't really say how long it was before she met a man named Bob Har, nor how she met him exactly. Um, he was a part-time dispatcher for the Cozid Police Department. And Cozid is in Nebraska. They okay. began dating, which then led Leah to move to Cozid from Arkansas. So she met this dude bob yes bob yes while she was in arkansas yes then moved to nebraska yes to be closer to to bob Bob. 
Yes. Okay. And the, her boys stayed behind with their father. So that's why, I, like, dad's still in the picture. Okay. The kids. Um, the town of Kozid was less than 4,000 people at the time, which you and I are familiar with mm. towns like that. Yep. Leah had only been living in Kozid for about a year at the time of her death. It was reported that Leah Rollins was in a great mood when she arrived to work at the Amico service station along Interstate 80, or I-80 as I will refer to it, mm-hmm. on March 10th, 1997 in Kozid. Which I must say, for a small town, having a service station right along I-80, that's got to bring in some good business. Surprised it didn't make this town a little bigger, but... I mean, stop and go type Probably situation. a lot of truckers, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. It was a bright, sunny day, and the 41-year-old had been promoted to manager just the day before. So that was most likely adding to her chipper mood because she was excited about the new position. As it should be. Right? I'd be excited, too. The beginning of Leah's shift went by with no issues, as shown in the store's surveillance camera footage. And that is until a little after 10.20 a.m. At 10.23 a.m., a red Pontiac Grand Dam pulled up to a pump at the station. The model year between a 93 and a 95 with what is determined later to probably be a California plate. A man with dark brown or black hair lingered in the driver's seat for a moment before exiting the vehicle and pumping $17.20 worth of gas. That was probably a lot of gas back then. That, I mean, that was probably on fumes rolling in back then. I had, it said where, it was it was less than $2 a gallon, for sure. Yeah. I, I read it somewhere and I forgot to 1997? And I can look it up, too, to see how much gas costs, but <laughs> you carry on. So when he was at the pump, it was 1023 a.m., at 10.28 a.m., the man entered the store, acting normal and assuming that he was going to pay for his gas since back then you could pump your gas, then go in and pay. You didn't have to prepay. Mm. And paying at the pump was probably not even a thing at that point. The footage did show that the man was wearing a leather bomber-style jacket over a dark-colored hooded sweatshirt, which wasn't strange for March in Nevada. But what was... Nebraska? You know, let me redo that. I literally put Nebrata. As wrong. Sarah Marie. It was a dollar fifty one in night in two thousand. It was in nineteen ninety seven a dollar twenty three. I'm gonna redo that part though. Hmm. Nebraska. The footage shows that the man was wearing a leather bomber style jacket over a dark colored hooded sweatshirt, which wasn't strange for March in Nebraska. What was a little strange, though, was that he had the pant legs of his dark sweatpants hiked up or rolled up to just below his knees, and he was completely barefoot. Oh. Like, I love being barefoot and all. Nope. But I'm not going to walk around a gas station outside or inside barefoot. I mean, you know, whatever. Um, There was another customer in the convenience store with her daughter, and they were paying Leah up at the counter for their items. In the meantime, this male patron kind of putzed around a little bit. He went to the back to the drink cooler and grabbed a soda, opening it and taking a swig, even noticing the security cameras that were surveilling the inside of the store. He waited for the woman and child to leave, 
before then heading to the counter where Leah stood. The time is 10.32 a.m. The security cameras unfortunately weren't audio equipped, only visual. So it's unknown what he said to Leah, but as he sat his drink down on the counter, judging by the footage and Leah's reaction, this wasn't a typical customer encounter. This oddly dressed man must have asked for the money in the register because you could promptly see Leah open up the drawer and give him the contents, which was approximately $150. He presumably then told her to lie face down on the floor behind the counter, and she obliged. If this was any typical robbery, the man would have left at this point, but this was not, in fact, typical, and robbery was possibly not the motive at all. The footage shows the time of 10.33 a.m., as the man pulls out a 9mm semi-automatic pistol from his right jacket pocket, leans over the counter, and shoots Leah three times. The first two shots hit her in the left arm, and the third shot was fatal, hitting her in the head. Oh, no. She's face down. She didn't even see it coming. I mean, that's one not good thing, but less terrible, I suppose. At 10.34, he returns the pistol to his jacket pocket, takes his soda the cash, a lighter, and a pack of cigarettes, and calmly exits the convenience store to return to his car. He gets in and drives off. The entirety of the man's hellish stop at the gas station was 11 minutes long, where he took an innocent woman's life. The next customer that entered the store was the unfortunate one that found Leah's dead body behind the counter when they were trying to find someone to Help help them with their purchase. Nebraska State Patrol were notified within minutes of the murder, but the man with bizarre fashion sense and the Red Grand Am were long gone. Despite the entire encounter caught on the cameras, the man has never been found or brought to justice. Really? Yeah. Kathy Walters, cozed mayor at the time, told a reporter that the entire city had been hurt by Leah's murder, which in small towns, something like this clearly affects everyone. An anonymous citizen of Cozid even contributed $2,000 of their own money, adding to the already $10,000 offered by Amico Corporation for a reward for any information leading to the arrest and conviction of the murderer. Now remember, her boyfriend, Bob, was a Cozid police dispatch, so he and Leah were both considered extended police family because of his position. And it could go without being said that CPD members were more than shocked about this murder in their small town. Was he working? You know, it didn't say that he was working. I would hope not, because that would just be extra awful. If he got, like, at work when the call came in? Yeah, and, like, having to dispatch someone to where he knows his Mm -hmm. girlfriend works. Yeah, that would be a whole extra trauma. It was never mentioned, so I'm assuming not. People would hardly lock their doors in a small town like this, and now the safe, friendly world they were used to living in would never be the same. Typical small town. Right. Everybody knows everybody. Tell your moms I says hi. Walk in the back door. Hey, do you need anything? <laughs> right. Investigators with Nebraska State Police obtained access to the security camera footage later that afternoon and were able to release a description of the killer. A white male with dark hair appeared to be in his early 20s, approximately 6 foot 3 inches tall, 
and they estimated his weight at 225 pounds. Also released with his description was the make and model of the car, which, like I said previous, was a red Pontiac Grand Am, possibly a 93. And though the cameras unfortunately didn't get a clear plate number from the back of the vehicle, at some point they did figure it was probably California. Now, I did say just the back of the vehicle because the car did not have a license plate on the front. Which, unless someone stole it or they took it off for some reason, there are some states that don't require it on the front. So it could have been registered to one of the 19 states that only required rear license plates at the time. Also, if I could add, back like in the late 90s, I feel like everybody had a Pontiac Grand I mean, yeah, or a Grand popular. Prix. I always wanted one. They were very popular. Yeah. For so sure. it's a very common car. Yeah. The red, you would hope, would make it stand out a little bit, but obviously it didn't. Not enough, anyway. Nebraska and its surrounding states, excluding Kansas, all require both front and back plates. But again, since Cozit is right along I-80, the car could have been from anywhere, which didn't help them narrow down where to try to search. It could have gone anywhere pretty quickly. As the state police reviewed the footage, they saw the two females that were inside when he walked into the store. They did track those two females, the woman and daughter, down and questioned them, but they had paid little attention to him and couldn't really remember any details. By Wednesday night, so two nights after the murder, the lack of tips was frustrating the authorities. Nothing had come in of this man nor his red car. This is when Cozid PD made a website and posted stills from the surveillance camera footage, hoping to generate some leads. And this was 1997. This was the first time a Dawson County law enforcement agency incorporated the internet in hopes of tips or clues. Now it's I was gonna like say, the that's first thing anybody does is news shared on Facebook, Twitter, right, whatever. We didn't this, have that back in 1997. This was a whole like extra step. And despite pictures of the killer's face and car, they got nothing because they're very, very pixelated. The following Monday, so one week after Leah's murder, investigators returned to the scene of the crime. Detectives handed out flyers to motorists that contained the pictures of the man and the car from the footage, as well as the man's description, hoping that some of the like regular drivers along this route would remember seeing something helpful and can aid in the investigation. Days and then weeks went by with nothing. A couple months later, Leah Rowland's murder was featured on America's Most Wanted, and investigators were crossing their fingers that something would come of it. And this first airing did generate approximately 30 leads that got called in to the Nebraska State Police, but after checking each phone call tip out nothing nothing came of them a year later authorities still had nothing nebraska state police did confirm they were working with fbi and had checked into a few potential suspects but the case that was already cool continued to grow colder 
a little over a year after the murder, in April of 1998, CPD released a new flyer that contained enhanced stills from the footage. So a little less grainy, a little less pixelated. They were hoping the clear images of the man's face would make identification easier, obviously. And the new flyer mentioned that the reward had gone up to $22,000. America's Most Wanted re-aired the episode that featured Leah's murder in December of 2002. And let me tell you what, America's Most Wanted, actually there's a reboot of it, mm-hmm. which there it is. is awesome. The old episodes are nowhere to be found for streaming, because I tried. I was going to watch it and see if there was any new bits of pieces interesting i know i would have thought that would be on somewhere i was not thrilled by that Uh, pretty quickly after the second airing on america's most wanted a man called the douglas county sheriff's office to report who he thought was the suspect he claimed that at the time of the murder this man that he was calling about lived in omaha nebraska this other man supposedly admitted to the caller that five years prior so in 1997 he admitted that he shot and killed a clerk at a gas station and the caller also said that the other man showed him the gun he had claimed to use but the caller assumed that this other man was joking i don't that's not my kind of joke but you know it's not funny you don't joke about that no um and the caller hadn't heard of leah's case at the time nor for these five years so until seeing it on america's most wanted he never considered the story from the other man to be true he was only able to give authorities a first name for this man and even though this all sounded like a good lead it was investigated and they still came up with nothing agencies have pursued many different tips and leads but none have ever brought the identity of the man to light NASA was even enlisted to enhance that footage, but it's still just a little too grainy and pixelated to be incredibly clear. FBI believe that this was a completely random act of violence, though most likely not the killer's first time, just as cold-hearted as it was and just took off. Leah's brother, Roy, on the other hand, believes that Leah's ex-husband, Barry, was somehow behind her murder, though investigators have never been able to tie him to the killing. Roy once stated, quote, she was my sister, a good-hearted person. She was generous, she got along with people, had an outgoing personality. I think he was behind it because of the kind of person he is, a very dishonest person. I think my brother-in-law paid him to come up and shoot my sister. Roy Rollins is offering a $5,000 reward for information leading to an arrest. That could be outdated, though. That was an article I read. Investigators had never been able to tie Barry to her murder. And they sadly probably won't ever be able to. If he was the one that did it, he died in 2015. Okay. Well, they can so no deathbed confession or anything if he was the one related to it or in charge of it or whatnot. There was no DNA to tie him to it. Right? It was some other younger dude. The way he dressed, though, that's just 
that's weird. That stands out with the, the rolled barefoot. up pant legs. Yeah, and the barefoot in Nebraska. In, Nebraska in March. It could um, be warm in March, but most of the time not uh, enough to go barefoot. Not, no, no. But if you or someone you know has information about this case, please contact Dawson County Sheriff's Office at 308-324-3011 or the Nebraska State Police at 877-441-5678. We will list those numbers and other contact information, including for the FBI, in the show notes. A little side note about this. There was an article from the North Platte Telegraph on September 23rd, 2010. Nebraska State Police followed the lead of at least 20 other states and made special decks of playing cards featuring different cold cases on them. Oh, cool. And distributed the decks to sheriff stations and correctional facilities. They hoped that prisoners... Someone playing cards and stuff that it could maybe spark a memory or confession or bragging or however they wanted to converse about it. But they were hoping someone would know something or share something they may have seen or heard about. Apparently, tactics like this reportedly in Florida and New York had some success with some cold cases doing that. So Nebraska State Police did that as well. And the Queen of Spades featured Leia Rollins. Okay. It's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, it's something. Do you know if they still do that? I don't know. It, it is a good idea. But somehow some prisoners have internet access now for weird yeah. things so I don't know but I mean yeah what else are you going to be doing besides working out and reading probably playing cards so that's yeah. a, an interesting tactic but I've never heard of that before so that is very interesting right I hadn't either and when I was doing research I'm like what what is this headline about playing cards <laughs> I was confused and I was like oh hmm, all right yeah, unsolved. Unfortunate. Crazy. That is unfortunate. And it was all caught on camera. Give me the money, lay down, bam, shot her, done. No second thoughts, just did it, put the gun back in his pocket, grabbed his stuff, and left. Is there anywhere, did you find anything with the video? No. It's, I only could find the still pictures okay. from it. I tried to look on youtube i tried to of course youtube had some different video clips or podcast videos slideshow type things um i did try because i was gonna see if it was out there for me to watch but i could not find it i'm sure someone with a little more investigative still skills could dig down and find something somewhere but we're new at this so (laughs) we are and we apologize for the audio last of, week of the yeah of last week we I did not realize until after we had already done everything that one of the mics was not working <laughs> something happened and i 
sounded far, far away. So I apologize, everybody. But I wasn't the one telling the story, so I, I wasn't that important. You're still always important. I'm always important, but I wasn't that important. And also, too, if, if you were listening on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, please go give us a five-star review. If yeah. you in a, a little review, if you could, it's greatly appreciated. Any support helps as we are still very new at least at this time we are not interrupting you with any type of sponsors <laughs> but any sponsorship would be greatly appreciated right and you guys feel free to leave comments on our instagram or on youtube or i guess you can't really leave comments on spotify i don't know how apple works but same thing okay well rate us on those and comment on others and and good or bad, we we need to know what is going well for us and what can be improved. And we are totally willing to learn, right? We want to make this amazing for everybody involved. But I hope you have a very happy new year. We want to tell stories to you, not about you. So stay safe. And this was hometown homicide. Happy new year.